Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Fat Femme Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Dr. John Paul, LLC. But hello, everybody. Welcome to the live episode of the Black Fat Femme Podcast, where all the intersections Woo! of identity are celebrated. Can we get some claps? How y'all doing? Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited that you're here. Um, so, uh, okay. So first, before we get into actually announce, like bringing out our guests, we are going to kind of chat down here. Get into this look, y'all. Like, I'm a little jealous. Like, it's giving. I literally, shout out to Jiminika. I don't know. Where's Jiminika? Are they in the house? How you doing, baby? Going back and forth trying to figure out what I was going to wear once you sent me what you were wearing. So... We said, let's think up in the black. But yes. Come on, yes. black on black on black. Yes, but it's giving. I mean, look at you, though, with a little keyhole. Thank you. little keyhole chest right there. Yes, yes. It's Looking giving. good. Yes, it's giving. Giving us executive, giving us high fashion, giving us our own this company. You know what? Thank you. Really, it is I a I run DJ this show, yes, as you do. As so. we do. Um, but thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. We are going to have an amazing live show. Um, and with that being said, we're just going to go ahead and get right on into it. Yes. Please uh, give it up for Xavier Delow. And Travell Anderson. Woo! They said we're gonna do a slow walk. Yes, a yes. slow walk. Yes. Come on down, y'all. Come on hello. down. Come on down. Come on come down. On yes, down. yes, yes, yes. Come on. Woo! Yes. Yes. Come on, come on, come on. Ooh. 
Yes. So good. Thank you all for being here with us. So we are going to Kiki. It is National Coming Out Day for those who are, um, again, we have folks who are going to be listening um, in the next couple of weeks. But today we are celebrating kind of this whole notion of coming out. But really, the whole notion of this live show is to celebrate us being who we are. And so with that being said, we're going to ask a couple of questions. We're going to get into it. We are just going to have a really good time. So first off, how y'all doing? I'm doing fantastic. Okay. I love that walkout. It reminded me of The View a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got excited. But which one are you, though? Which yeah. one are you? I got excited. <laughs> which, which person would you be from The View? Oh, I don't. It changes every day. It changes? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. tonight, tonight, who would you be? Tonight. Um, let's just say Joy. Come on, Joy. She yes. Just okay. She just turned 81 on Saturday. So Come I'll say on, Joy. Joy. Yes. Yeah, yeah you're, giving, uh, you're giving legendary. Thank Ooh. you. Legendary. Elder. Yes, yes. elder. You. you are the elder. <laughs> Some... <laughs> Iconic status. I yes. Iconic. Yes. You seasoned. Yes, seasoned. All right. But with that being said, we're going to go ahead and uh, kind of jump into it. So if we can just go ahead and go down the line, I will allow you all to kind of introduce yourselves. And then me and Joe Hope will jump back and forth between questions. Um, and then we'll also have questions from the audience. So if you have a question or you have a thought that you want to share with us, make sure that you hold it. You can, you know, take some notes on your phone. Um, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll kiki and chop it up. So we'll go ahead and turn it over to Drill. Travel first, if you want to let people know who you are, what you do. Um, yes. Hey, y'all. My name is Travel Anderson. I use they them pronouns. I am a uh, journalist and <laughs> podcaster, yes. and I wrote a couple books <laughs> as well. Um, we see each other, a black trans journey through TV and film, as well as historically black phrases from I ain't one of your little friends to who are gonna be there, available everywhere, good books are sold, and the bad ones too. Um, <laughs> and I'm so excited to be here. Love that, thank yes. you so much. Hello Woo! everyone, my name is Char Jocel. I use she, her pronouns. And I am an award-winning journalist <laughs> and also a host. Um, and I got a lot of things, you know, in the works. I'm currently working on something fun that I won't tell you all tonight. But if you want to get caught up with everything, yes. I, I did host the We're Just Like That podcast, mm -hmm. which is a recap show for In Just Like That, if any of you all hate watch or love watch and just like that on max yes same. you know so yeah so that that's what i do and that's what i've been on not an authoress quite yet uh but yeah i'll toss it to xd now we'll get there yes i love it thank you um my name is xavier delo um everybody calls me xd he him pronouns um i am the I guess I'm an award-winning person, too. Ew. Uh, <laughs> producer and host of yes. um, Jaden XD and a couple of other things that you might see on the internet and in television and film. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, full circle moment, which is, is, is insane. Um, I remember when I used to work, shout out to all my student affairs baddies. When I used to drive to work, I would listen to the Jaden XD podcast. And so, it's really cool now, almost six years later, to have XD you know, host, being a part of this with us, it just, it really feels so full circle for you to be here. So thank you for being here. Thank you, all three of you. You all have different, you know, and we'll get into it, how you all have inspired us. But I just wanted to say, before we jump into the show, I wanted to give you your flowers today because you truly are literally the blueprint for a lot of the stuff we do. Thank you. So, thank you. Okay. 
All right, so we, we're going to do our best. I'll say this before we get into the show. Me and, me and Joho have really worked to make sure that while we're talking about National Coming Out Day, that we're not going to turn this into a, like a trauma bonding conversation. We really wanted to talk about what it means to celebrate who we are and why today Coming Out Day is such a big deal. So we're going to jump between some questions. We're going to kind of chat and kiki. Um, this is a question for all of y'all, and if questions come up, obviously we're going to talk about it. But I wanted to first kind of start off with leveling kind of the conversation and asking, you know, with many of the conversations in terms of coming out, um, there is this conversation also around needing to reimagine today, um, coming out, being invited in, et cetera, et cetera. And so I guess as a BFF, I wanted to ask all three of you, how have you redefined your coming out process? And then how are you working to invite people in? And any of y'all can start. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> uh, what a um, I think as you get older, you just... Can I curse on this show? You sure can. You know um, it. As you get older, you just stop giving a fuck. Yeah. You know? And you just start living in who you are. I hate that phrase, living in your truth. But, I mean, it's kind of true, right? Like, you just wake up and you're like, this is who I'm going to be and accept it or not. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily have this idea of like, having to come out or invite people in anymore. It's more of like, just in general, if I fuck with you or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, people are people. They don't need to know what I do or anything like that. But, mm. yeah. Okay. And I've always had a an interesting relationship with coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, I respect the day for what it is. But part of me does feel like it's a bit antiquated. Um, but it's what you make of it. Because coming out is something that is so deeply personal. And um, I know for me, I can't say that I ever came out, if I'm being honest. Like, I never really, like, officially came out. Um, I have disclosed certain information, you know, contingent on who needs to know, a very need-to-know basis. Mm -hmm. But um, for me, it's always been a bit complicated when it comes to to that aspect, because for me, it sometimes feels reductive yeah. to me yeah. of my all-encompassing like lived experience and so um did i answer your question i feel like i'm all over the place with this i got you, um <laughs> so yeah so for me that I've, I've always had a complicated relationship with that and i can recall times in which like i told my parents certain things or family and friends certain things and and what that meant for me yeah you know and mm -hmm. it's it's always been mixed for me the reactions were good but it's because I want coming out. <laughs> like everybody yeah. was like, okay, what do you want for dinner? Yeah. It's Tuesday. You yeah. know, no one, no one was grasping their chest and saying, no. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't mm -hmm. anything crazy. So Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> You know, I feel like coming out. So I was one of those people who had like, you know a perhaps traumatic coming out, uh, forcing out, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I love the idea of, like, the shift in language that you mentioned of, like, you know, moving away from coming out towards, you know, letting people in. Um, love that. Um, and, you know, but I was thinking about the fact that, like, I am someone who, who didn't get a chance to come out, right? Mm -hmm. That was not a choice 
that I made, mm. right? Somebody made that choice for me. Mm. Um, and, and so I think in a thing such as National Coming Out Day um, can be very like useful in, in that type of regard, right? In terms of like, I will never be able to, to, to come out um, for that first time, mm. but like, you know, these types of days which are a bit reductive and might be a little bit antiquated and a little bit corny and all that other stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. can also still be, you know, mm -hmm. um, really great opportunities for people to see, mm -hmm. to see. Right. You right. know, mm -hmm. um, who we are, but also who they can be. Right. Because, um, you know, like, these little corny little days really matter for, you know, yeah. folks in certain areas, right, yeah. who don't have access to, you know, us. Right. us yeah. Yeah. Fair, right? Fair. And so, like, being able to get on Instagram mm -hmm. and type mm -hmm. in National Coming Out Day and you see all, or it gets better was the, yeah. The one Ooh. back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> a dark time, if yes. you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. A dark um, time. Yeah. Ooh. That was a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it gets more expensive is what it should have been. <laughs> Shit. That part. It's yeah. One thing I think about a lot with the idea of coming out, like to answer the question and add a little bit to this, I think it feels sometimes like it acts as if there's just one stop on the journey. Because yeah. I feel yeah. as if I'm continually coming out in every iteration of who I am, but also in, in circumstances I'm in and places I'm in. Yeah. And it also feels as if like, I'm trying to think of how, how to say it, but like the, like the, the coming out process doesn't, doesn't just stop there. But, all, but and, and so I, I think I wonder like, I, like I, I think, so I, I agree, I think it's antiquated, I think it's older. Um, I think it's like, like like it's giving a point where we probably should retire it, but I do find it's being effective. And I wonder where like where we can keep it, but find the ground in which inviting in then comes to play. Yeah. Like, like like can there just be an organic transition of coming out and then inviting in versus having to stop one and call in the other? Because it could be and and also I think inviting in feels weird to me because. If I'm coming, if I'm like, if I'm in this closet, it's a very small space. I don't want to invite you into the small space that I'm existing in. And good luck getting into my closet, child, okay. because there's a it barely, lot of it, stuff in it there. It barely fits me, goddamn! It barely right, fits me. Right. Good luck. So yeah, so I yeah. just, I just, I'm like, I'm, I, I have. So that's just, that's just how, how I feel about it. But I'm curious, John, also your thoughts yeah. about. Um, you know, so interestingly enough, I'm, I, I could not. We can't have this conversation without thinking like I'm intentional about how I do coming out day every year. That was a part of me setting this show on this day was saying black people, specifically black queer people, very rarely get celebrated on national coming out day. It's a lot of white people saying, yay, come out, it's safe. And it's like, actually, it's really kind of not. Like there are a lot, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. And so I think, you know, I, I for me, what's been sitting with me all day today is you know, today marks 102 minutes of black queer people documenting their stories on our show. Um, mm, and it's, it, mm, it, it, right, and mm. it's very rare that there's anything out there for folks to be able to touch or be able to connect with. And so I think coming out day for me, it's like I'm constantly thinking about how can I redefine this day mm. to make it relevant. And for me, yeah. this is the first step of me doing that. So. Yeah. Amen to that, yeah. yes. Word. 
Yes. And, if I, and if I may add, when as you were speaking, I was thinking about even like on a corporate level, how mm -hmm. it it's all feels very performative. It is. And yeah. that it's like, like you mentioned, it's safe, come out. And then once people do come out, they are discarded of. Like right. it, it makes me think mm -hmm. of like the obsession with transition, yeah. where it's like, oh, let's document your transition and hurdles. Let's have this camera crew follow you, you know, maybe get a gender affirming procedure or hormones. But it's like, once you're 20 years in the tooth, long in the tooth, 20 years in the game, no one cares. Right. It's, it's boring, you right, know? Right. So it's, it's something inherently a bit performative mm -hmm. as well that comes with it. Yeah. yeah, and I also think you can take the day and make it a teaching type of thing, right? And reintroduction of oneself and reiterating, reiterating the fact that we're not all on a monolith. We're not all the, mm -hmm. the white gay images you see typically, yeah. you know? because oftentimes we have to re-come out ourselves when right. we talk to um, business partners and brand deals and things because they think the gay that we sell <laughs> on the internet is aligns with what they want or whatever. And it's like, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and I always tell people, this is not your, your typical queer show per se. So right. um, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex and then he's very vulnerable so you can kill him easily to die for is available now listen for free on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so to then segue into my next question i'm curious to ask y'all what has been your experience being out in media and how has that impacted you in your personal journey and just to add from there, how do you keep the joy around being a BFF in the media? Hmm. Ponder. And they've Ponder. seen these yeah. questions before, so yeah. we have. They know I was the like, questions. I was like, I was like, oh, no. we, we have. have. The we have to give dramatic pause. Hello. <laughs> I'm like, they know and, the questions, Thank you for us, yes. Answers mm. that I might have thought of backstage might be, you know, reimagined on stage. Hi, Thank you very much. Change, the please. lights change things. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'll go. Okay. Um, I think that... It, it, mm. <laughs> I can go if you want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's the past. Um... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> So I started out as a YouTuber in 2007, which was... Come on, YouTube fam. Yes. And that was was some wild, wild, wild west, no laws, any type of thing, right? (laughs) So anybody would just come at you with the F-bomb and, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was how LA people say like all the time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so you eventually have to develop a thick skin because you realize, like, oh, these are people just talking to me through their thumbs. And, I all, and then I had this realization, like, you know, a lot of people send their hate messages while they're on the toilet. And I was like, you know, huh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So therefore, it just normalized everything for me. And I was like, well, I don't give a shit while you're shitting. So yeah, I just yeah. go on about my day. Yeah. And and what that means now is finding joy is just talking about shit that I like. Yeah. Doing shit that I like and what brings me joy and not really caring what anybody else thinks because what I love about doing what we do is that people will find us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people are always in looking for some type of community. Like there's um 
and subsects of people. You know, there's gay wrestling fans I didn't know there was, or queer wrestling fans, you know, I didn't know that. And, and until I started talking about it, or me and my boyfriend started talking about it. You know, there's so many different things, and if you can just do what you like to do and just find whatever joy you like, then other people gravitate towards you. I'm ready. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that, so I started, I'm a journalist. Mm -hmm. And my start was at the Los Angeles Times, which, you know, whatever stereotype you want to come up with about a white newsroom fits. Um, <laughs> and then to be coming into this, you know, blossoming, blooming into, I listened to the last episode with Raquel. Yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> blooming into, you know, this wonderful being right here while in that space mm -hmm. created some yeah, tension issues, yeah. Mm. you know? Mm. Um, I was thinking about the first red carpet that I covered in, and I wore a dress. It was from the Nicki Minaj collection at Kmart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because yes. I'm a bird. I'm a bird. I am. Yes. I, I was. I, I was. I, was. I be, but my God. Um, what a and moment. then the heels were from Payless. Yeah. Because, you know, shout out to the Payless Come on, girl. Payless. Yes. 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 I wrote about that in the book. Yes. yes. Mm. Um, so much vulnerability on the stage. <laughs> I am screaming. <laughs> but I, I remember the reactions not only of my peers on the carpet, but also my, you know, my newsroom. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and to continue doing this work and trying to, to say and assert that I can be this being and still do this work, right? Mm -hmm. That this being actually informs my reporting. It doesn't take away mm -hmm. from my reporting, right? In the ways that we are often told that we need to be objective and we need to, you know, take our own personal um, biases, they call them, um, and, and set them aside, right? I always say that objectivity is a machination of white supremacy, right? Yes. Um, because objectivity is just subjectivity from the vantage point of those who are already in power. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And say so, it. Say it. and I'm gonna shut up in two seconds. Um, and fine. so to be, to be kind of developing into this person in such a space where in so many ways I was not supposed to be there right um i think has been really interesting um and now at this point in my life in my career i feel like all of those different parts of my identities are like superpowers of sorts right mm -hmm. like yes. you know i'm yes. getting i'm getting paid to be this wonderful doll yes you know yes. what i mean yeah, yeah, and yes. like bring what i bring uniquely mm -hmm. to the things that i do yeah. um and and I've been able to see that shift happen mm -hmm. over the last decade or so yeah. of being myself in the media. And that's really interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. We see each other. <laughs> I think about, like, when I first moved to L.A., I had been living in stealth. For those who don't know, that that's an antiquated term that trans people use when, you know, you fly under the radar and you don't, disclose that you're trans. So I had been living in stealth for a few years. I want to say about four. This is in Chicago and in LA. And um, I remember being terrified when I first moved here. I was working. 
and being terrified. I, I should mention I was working at a school district in LAUSD, so at a school, and also doing After Buzz TV in Encino with Maria Menounos. And um, I just remember being terrified, and it wasn't until, I wanna say 2015, I think that's the transgender tipping point. Was it 2015? 14? 2014. On that time, on that time But 2015, article. 2015, yeah. when Caitlyn Jenner sat yeah. down with Diane Sawyer yeah. and told her business, <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember all of the conversation and me wanting to, because so many people did not know what they were talking about, and my mentor at the time uh, wasn't pressuring me, but she was saying, she's also a trans woman who is famous, but she was telling me, like, you want to get ahead of this right. when you feel comfortable, but you want to be able to tell your story. Because if someone beats you to the punch, it doesn't matter what edits you come back with. Mm. That will be the story that sticks. Mm. So you, want, you might want to pace this out. And so uh, I remember months had went by, and then when I was doing After Buzz, one of the shows that I would step in and cover, um, was I Am Kate season one. And it was on that show with my co-hosts that I told them, like, as a trans woman, everybody gagged, but like, <laughs> as, a, as a trans person, you know, yeah. uh, it's on the YouTube if you dig deep enough. <laughs> but, uh, and so stepping into that was, it, it felt like a, a gut punch, if I'm being honest, because I was very afraid mm. um, that everything that I had worked for was going to just be taken or reimagined or certain mm. experiences. But much like Trey Bell just said, you know, it's, it's, it, it has informed my approach. And I'm glad that I did it when I did. Yeah. And it's still interesting straddling the fence between like queer media, LGBT media, queer and trans media, and like more mainstream pop culture media. Mm -hmm. And seeing, especially at the intersections of blackness, um, how that shows up because the it, it's it's very interesting existing in this body and doing the type of work that I do and experiencing some of the experiences that I've had yeah. and so but I have no regrets and I am glad that I followed my mentor's advice because things could have gotten really bad mm -hmm. you know I I have to say and I so I I I, I would say that I'm this is sounds so shitty but I'm the youngest person on this stage currently, and I mean that in the sense of, like for me, like Travel, speaking of full circle, uh, you came to my campus for, for, for NABJ, and the first time I saw you, you were wearing these like glorious, like probably like six inch pumps. <laughs> that was just so amazing, but like for me, in my first foray into media, like I got to see an out queer person vibrantly be themselves, and so like you all, Really, I get to be informed by by all of you, mm. which is special for me, but also an interesting thing knowing that I'm younger and that like that's like that's the privilege I've gotten from seeing y'all, but also knowing that that's a sacrifice that y'all may have made. Mm -hmm. So like someone like myself could be able to step into my out self fully in media and not have to think about how do I come out because I was already out already just and just and so I just came in that way and so I have to say like I thank you for that and also like I know that. Like that, that, that I'm standing on your shoulders for this work and it really mm -hmm. is so special mm -hmm. to be here with you all this evening for this. So I just have to say that. Yeah, thank you. And, 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 to, and I'll even say, I mean, it was in 2017 when I met Travell when I said, oh, I can be a Travell? Mm 
Like it was like I knew that I was effeminate, quote unquote, but I did I was not comfortable with throwing on the pumps and I was not comfortable with getting my nails done. And so seeing each of you, and that's why I said, you know, I've gotten folks, and it's not a bad way, but I've gotten folks who've asked, how did you pick the folks for your panel? And I've said, I've seen myself in each of them throughout their careers as I've come into my career. So it only makes sense for me to have them a part of this first show because ultimately you all kind of laid the foundation for that. I also wanted to say before we jump to our next question, um, shout out to the people who did tease me back in high school because now I get paid for being gay. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, run that to the bank. All right. Um, so the <laughs> so the next part of of this conversation that I wanted to have um, is really thinking about body politics. And I know that there are a lot of conversations that we've had in our sixty eight episodes. We've talked about the body and how we feel about our bodies and how we think about our bodies. Um, and if you didn't listen, is it is it Dexter that's on next week? We talked about okay, yeah. Next so week, yes. next week, yes. yeah, you listen to next week's episode because we go, we really go into it with Dexter Mayfield when we talk about the the body in itself and and and, and how we kind of think about our bodies. But the question that I had is, you know, what has been your experience, kind of being out and thinking about kind of this notion of round body politics. The, the, the thought of being out and people seeing you and knowing you and then thinking of yourself as sexy. That was the question I wanted to ask. Um, how, have, how has being out, whether it be personally or whether it be out in media, how has that redefined the way you feel about your sexy? I think you got it, you know, for me, for me and my lived experience, I believe a little delusion can go a long way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> May all your Delulu you know, come You know, Gen Z says Delulu is the Salulu. Delulu is the Salulu. I just learned that. Thank yeah. you for that. Is that a TikTok Gen thing? Z, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, okay. know, you know I'll be down to the TikTok. Shout time. out to the tickety tops. Um, <laughs> um, but by that I mean, I feel like, you know, I was, when I first started presenting in this wonderful, fabulous way, wearing heels, doing the dress thing, showing my fabulous legs. Um, mm. You know, I, I was getting various sorts of looks mm. and jeers and whatever, yeah. you know. Um, and you know, now, you know, you flip back to some of those photos and like maybe I deserved a couple of them. <laughs> 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 because you know, when you are... But listen, I look back on some of the photos. Maybe and I, I deserve say, to read or not. My God, I said the the Nicki Minaj collection <laughs> from Kmart <laughs> at the Golden Globes somewhere. Though I'm just saying. It, I mean, but my sense. point is, right? You, I, I feel like you have to. At least for me, I have had to, you know, just like arm myself with a little bit of delusion, See. right? See, as yes. I am, as I was figuring out right what this should be mm. how it could show up right and me be secure in it and so because i but i still had to go through that process right, right? right. and the only way i was able to make it through that journey to come out on this side look looking how i look you know what i mean is by lying to myself just a little bit right Delusion. and getting comfortable with the the period of uncomfort that is discovery mm. right um because you, you, i had on all of those items that you just listed you are absolutely right 
you know, struggling in them shoes. Because, <laughs> of course, you know, when you're trying to give your first, you know, effect, you know, you want the highest heel. Yeah. You said, yes. bitch. Yeah. Bitch, I am cunty, bitch. You see this heel, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> but, baby, I got bunions, honey, and you can't be fooling around. Yeah. So baby. I had to learn my level, okay? Mm-hmm. Give me a nice, chunky heel. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah, chunky heel. You know what I call the chunky heel? Shoe cam. Shoe cam. Shoe cam. You gotta oh, have a chunky heel. Get the shoes, baby. Yes. But as a, I'm gonna say, as a big girl, so let me tell you, you also gotta be careful where you buy your chunky heels from because there have been nights I have been walking to the car and I end up... <laughs> Because oh, no. the Chucky Hill done gave oh. too much weight on it. So I'm just saying. I've been there. Yeah. So I've the Chucky Hill, you got to be careful. You can't trust all the Payless shoes. You yes. have to figure out the brand. You can't trust all of them now. You Even know. Amazon will get But you. my point is that, <laughs> you know, when I was first coming into my fabulousness, I needed to convince myself, even if just marginally, that, like, we're doing a thing. We're trying out a thing. And you're not always going to knock it out the park, right? Mm -hmm. But I can have comfort and confidence in knowing that, listen, I may not be knocking it out the park today, bitch, but tomorrow I'm going to gag you hoes. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so I think that has been useful for me Mm -hmm. and my journey in terms of thinking and coming into my sexy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And oozing what what I give, right? And being comfortable in that, right? Because... Only I can give what I give. That's it. Mm-hmm. Period. For me, um, my, my coming into my sexy in, involved a lot of unlearning. <laughs> and I say that because I've always been a confident girl, even pre-trans. I've always been mm-hmm. very confident. And I found a lot of my affirmation in adolescence in particular through men, okay? So uh, I thought that that was the bee's knees. And so I've had to unlearn and and deconstruct. And I even can recall when I first moved to LA being told to lose weight when I was already like a, I'm 5'9 without heels. And I was about about 160 pounds. And I had a a prospective agent tell me that I would probably go further if I lost about 20 pounds. Um, But I think about that when it comes to body politic and as far as like, when I say unlearning and reimagining, I think back to Mary J. Blige, Good Morning Gorgeous. Like that's a practice that I've, I've involved in my morning routine, you know, with just greeting myself as is and kind of affirming myself in that way and making sure that I can appreciate my body without the lens or the added commentary from the external world. Yeah. And in, yeah. in doing that, in doing that practice, I've been able to reclaim agency in, in how I show up. And feel sexy. That's right. This might be the most earth sign answer. <laughs> She's a Taurus, y'all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always had this thought that God didn't make me sexy or cute, He just made me funny because not everybody, not, that's not everybody's lot in life, right? Right, right. And, and as God, as Growing up and being gay or whatever, I realized sexy is a lot of work. <laughs> you know, like like there's sexy and then there's gay sexy. You know what yeah, I mean? Okay. And then like gay sexy is a lot of work. 
And then when I moved to L.A., I realized what gay sex in L.A. looks like. I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> right, so, right, right. <laughs> I got to eat bunda bowls and shit. I don't know what the hell that is. No. But I realized, <laughs> I realized as I'm living here is that comfort looks good on me. <laughs> yeah. And whatever that looks like, right? So I realized no, that right. comfort is also health too, right? Yeah. So I know that I, I'm, we always joke I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, but I'm, I want to be here for a long time too. And so I've been trying to do things to, you know, eat better and, you know, maybe I'm not at the gym all the time because I broke my toe, but the point <laughs> is, it's like, I, you know, I'm trying to be active and do things for, and mental wellness and stuff like that because, that's a part of being sexy too in my head or what comfort looks like to me. And I wish yeah. there would be more of a focus on what comfort looks like, you know, to you and, and even you two being on stage. Comfort looks really great on both of you, Thanks. you know, being here and confident and hosting your first live show sold out. That's motherfucking crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just wish people would lean more into the comfort yes. of life. And bitches be hungry. I'm not. I, that's yeah, the thing for I'm me. not. After what? college, I was like, I can't do this being hungry thing. Yeah, I can't I do, do it. I'm, mm -mm. I am always hungry. So I'm like, I'm not. Same. Sorry about it. <laughs> I do enjoy I'm it. hungry now. A yeah, little light bite. Too. A little snack and snack. We ate a sandwich before we came up in here. They was oh, like, we a nap. <laughs> full on burger. Right. right. Like, yeah, hungry as hell. Look, I was like, that is the thing we are going to do before we run oh, the show is eat. Because I'm not going to be up here trying to host and be hungry too i'm not doing it. i live john I'm, I'm curious to ask you john like just this the question to you about being a bff and finding your sexy and finding your sexy yeah so in next week's episode that you can <laughs> come on preview more into this um but i know i had said you know i personally one of the things i think i thought a lot about in asking even dexter this question and us re-shifting our show around the notion of sexy was growing up and even getting into my adulthood i never thought of myself as sexy you know i just didn't and it was just kind of uh you know like you said i I knew I, comedy was something that made me comfortable. Um, I always kind of just saw myself as being kind of just John, and it was never like John, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, and so now as I get older, I still don't lean into this notion of sexy. And shout out to my husband, who always makes me feel sexy. But yeah. come on, husband. Hey, husband. But on, I also think sexy is, is, is also owning spaces and places that are not built for you. And I think that that's me. I can walk into a room and sit down and know I belong here. And I and 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 even doing this, right? Like, you know, not not trying to throw shade, but there are people who can't say they have live shows. So, like, there are a lot of things around around for me what sexy is, right? Sexy is being able to say the things that I dream and I envision for myself, I've made happen. Um, the people that I brought along with me, the way I make people feel when they leave me, that for me is what sexy is. So um, it doesn't always have to be about the physical manifestation of your body. It, it's the way you feel about you, but also how you make other people feel too. Ooh. Ooh, I know that's right. I love that. <laughs> I love the answer so much. I also, also want to add like, some, like to me, I'm the type of person where like things you do make you sexy. Come like, on now. Like, like, like I I dismantled a couch recently. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I'm daddy as fuck. Like, yeah. I, 
Bitch, I got my own drill. I have my yeah. own power tools. See, not, not, that couch had nothing no, against yeah, me. And I was that, like, ooh. That's all I'm you. I have well. hung up one thing with the drill in my apartment, and I'm never doing it again. See, I put together chairs. I'm an Ikea master. Nope. So I'm like, that's where nope. I find my sexy. But, but really, mm-hmm. like, I really appreciate the idea. And like, nothing, but like, the, the, the notion of like just sexiness is in different parts of you. Because right. I think like we also don't have to always be sexy either. Like We don't have to just live at sexy and be sexy 24 7. like i i think i'm my sexiest self when i'm dancing i think i'm my sexiest sexiest self when i'm present with somebody like eye contact that sexy look at me in my eyes when i talk to you that's real sexy like mm-hmm. i don't care if you hot but she looking over there and i'm over here mm-hmm. that's that's not sexy that's dumb yeah so i just i really i really love that so so much so i i feel that i feel the sexiness all around from all of us here um i would love to shift into how we see our bodies like in other spaces because we talk a lot about being aware of our bodies in public spaces. And also, you know, on the show, we love to also make sure that people, that people, the audience get something from us, that we give them something. So we're gonna ask you a question where you can give them. How do you tell others or share with others or help others become comfortable with their bodies and their sexiness and all their realness as BFFs? I think it's individualistic. Like, I can only give you so many tips because it's what works for Char. What works for Char might not work for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's part of the homework, that's part of the mission, is, is really getting in touch with who you know and understand yourself to be and what works for you. Mm. Um, I know that for me, for example, I'm a huge journaler. There are people I know that hate writing. Mm-hmm. I write every day, pages on pages on pages, typically. On. I do. Come Honey, on, I gotta get it out, I gotta take it in. <laughs> and so, uh, and I also believe in having a strong sense of community where I can have real and vulnerable conversations, you know, wh- whether they be ridiculous or, you know, Super Soul Sunday. And that's what works for me, though. And so I think that the tip can be in sharing these types of experiences and having these types of conversations so people can sort through the pile and figure out what works for them. No, that resonates with me because, you know, you go to all these panel discussions and you read all the books and everybody's got an idea of, you know, your seven steps to confidence or your seven (laughs) steps to, you know, being the next CEO or whatever. And the reality is, right, there is no one way to do a thing, to be a person, right? And we are all you know, figuring out what works for us. So maybe you take a little bit from Char and a little bit from DJP and a little bit from XD and a little bit, you know, from Joho, you know, and then you you shake it all up and now you got something that works for you. But if you were trying to do what Char was doing, your ass would have been somewhere else. You know what I mean? And I think oftentimes we, we, pers- we, we end up prescribing very set scripts Right. In terms of like, this is how I did it. This is what worked for me. And the reality is, like you said, what works for you won't work for me. And yet we both can still make it. You know, we both get whatever make it means. Right. Whether it is individualist it is it is all like an an individual journey and so i i i resonate with what you what you said i would add that i think part of it is about reshifting one's one one one's own understanding of your own body Mm. right and also being present enough to recognize when someone else's body in that space 
needs needs more space, yeah. needs recognition, mm -hmm. needs whatever, right? I, I often talk about, you know, one of my best friends, Bianca. She's a big girl, has always been a big girl. We met decade a decade plus ago. She was at Spelman. I was at Morehouse. We've been riding, you know, ever since. But Bianca's a big girl. Bianca loves her body. She does not hide her body, okay? And we, right, had to learn how to support her needs in various spaces, mm -hmm. right? So when we go to a restaurant, we can't sit at that table. Mm -hmm. yeah. It doesn't accommodate her, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, stop fucking playing in our faces, right. you know? And then, but, but me being the one to say that, not always having mm -hmm. her be the one to say that. Right. You know what right. I mean, mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. And so I think that that's what I mean by, like, you know, recognizing the ways that, that we, you know, those of us who have more various levels of privilege and whatnot, mm -hmm. right, can show up for and advocate on behalf of other folks mm -hmm. who, who need greater space for their brilliance in whatever way that looks like. I got nothing. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all did that. Ate that one down. Yeah. Yes. No crumbs. No crumbs. <laughs> well, talking about crumbs real quick, um, I'm going to throw this in here because it wasn't planned. Um, but I, I want to say, if you are a, an avid listener, you know uh, that we love to talk about what's on your plate. So I would just want to know, like, you know, as we're talking about kind of, you know, we're moving out of the, the what are y'all going to eat tonight? What, what, what's... What are y'all feeling? What's, what's, what, what, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about food real I'm, quick and then we'll get to the questions. I'm glad you asked this. I'm, okay. I'm, I, <laughs> Where's no, the because, party th because there is a, a story, I'll keep it brief. So uh, I just went out of town and I went to a restaurant mm -hmm. and they had a digital menu on their website, on their official website. And I said, I, I'm gonna get that. I think I'm gonna get that, right? And then I go into the restaurant and the physical menu is not reflective of the digital one. So what I wanted was no longer available. <laughs> not everyone said, oh. And so, the violin. Yes. I would have and had it so shut down. Violence. What it was though was something that I'd never had. It's a steak salad. And so I went down to Sprouts and I, I'll tell you what's in it. So I brought the steak. <laughs> no, because I've cooked, I've cooked it and I chop. If you're like me, you chop everything up and put them in the Tupperware so that yeah. you can just assemble when you need yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So meal it's, prep, meal it's, prep. Yes, it's uh, romaine. Okay. The pepperi arugula. Mm. Oh, steak. No, no. Oh, go ahead. Mm -mm. Uh, mushrooms. <laughs> mushrooms. This is sauteed. The steak, the mushrooms, and the, the asparagus. It's all sauteed. Just but then, that. you know, the, the arugula and the lettuce is cold. And then it's a little blue cheese. Uh, cucumber, <laughs> tomato, pickled red onions. Ooh. Banana peppers, sliced. Mm -hmm. You lost okay. me on that one. And then, like, I do my own little dressing. But I've been eating Babe, on that Babe, you got that right. I've you been eating. That. Okay, because you know I don't cook. <laughs> but go on. <laughs> but no, yeah, been, you got that right. I've been okay. eating on it for two days because okay. they didn't have it. So I ended up getting a Reuben. Yeah. Which is also delicious. But I got a Reuben. <laughs> and that, but I wanted the steak salad. So I've been, I've never had a steak salad before. Mm. So that's what I've mm. been eating on for the past two days. It's waiting for me at home. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to assemble when I get home. I love home that for and, you. And have that. So I'm glad you asked that question. Okay. That's what I'm having. <laughs> That's what's on your plate. What's on your plate, XD and Travel? Chicken. chicken. I was going to say chicken too. A wing and a napkin? A wing and a napkin. That's when I was going to say chicken too. Mm -hmm. That's when I You know, thing. I love yeah. me a wine. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Facts. We're going for wings tomorrow. So yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, yes. Okay. All right. How about you? Well, <laughs> what you got? I have no idea what I'm gonna eat when we leave here. I just know I'm hungry. That part. <laughs> because I'm always hungry. Had a full meal before we came here, and Literally. I'm still hungry. And I'm also hungry. Again. I would definitely go to a Taco Bell drive-through. Is that's, that what you're that's doing? That's why I, every day. Why not, you... not every day. 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 Sorry, <laughs> I was like, not every day. What? But I was gonna say, why do you oppress yourself? No, that listen. Way? <laughs> After a long night of hooking, T. I don't get right. it. Right. So much vulnerability on the stage. <laughs> so much. A long day of hooking. My God. And my godmother's in the audience. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all. Well, we are going to open it up. Are there questions, comments, thoughts that folks have? Come on, house lights. I still can't see shit. So here, I'll give, you can just pass the mic like we in church. Hello. (laughs) 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 Well, first I want to wish a very black ass happy birthday to Jordan. Happy birthday. But I have a question. So I'm someone who's always talking about dreams and dreaming. And the way that shows up for me is like having moments where like, damn, I prayed myself into this space, right? Like, and I'm curious of whoever is like, have you had a moment either professionally or personally where you're like, damn, I'm walking around in the dream that I had? Yeah, recently. I was gonna come down like Vanna Black. Absolutely. Come on, yes. All right. Um, My grandmother died about a year ago. And so when I went home um, to assist with everything, my mother like took out some like stuff from when I was a kid. And there was a book I made in the third grade. And it was like, what did I want to do when I grow up? And I said, I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to make a television show. And then years later, <laughs> I got to work with Patrick Ian Polk on The Skinny. And then I produced my own show now. So yeah. yeah. And shout out to the skinny. You know, we, I don't want to get into my black iconic. queer film bag real quick. Just but Smollett, like, y'all Dustin did that. Ross, B. Scott, what a yeah. film. What a film. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, because I do journal a lot, I know that I sometimes can get wrapped up in like the L.A. and the, the Hollywood of it all. And I forget that what I prayed for I'm living in. So when I look back at certain things, it's like, wow, I asked for, like I got that and so much more because what my wants and my needs are constantly changing. But if I were to look back in something that maybe I wrote or something that I said in 2016, I, I'm living that and far surpassed my expectations. And so it's, it's, a, it's a way to keep me grounded for sure, but it's like that barometer, that, that, that goalpost keeps moving and in, a, in an effort to stay grounded, I always look back because it's like, yeah, you're doing pretty well, kid. Like, relax, mm-hmm. breathe, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm, you know, living a life that I did not know I could dream. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's very <laughs> She said it's very Oprah. Come on, Oprah. Come on, Oprah. A cold chill filled the room. I said, I felt that. Yes, yes. But yeah, I just, you know, like I, you know, I mean, I can complain. Don't get me wrong. 
But like life is really, really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I did not know that I could do this, right? Be this. Um, And so there have been various instances in which, you know, I have found myself like, wow, like you're doing this? What, girl? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> two books, girl. What? In under yeah. six months. In under six. Months. Are you crazy? Round of applause for yes. this one. Yes. Um, thank you. But yeah, and but it's it's but it's also it's 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 beautiful to to think about the possibilities that we have all kind of actualized, um, often without having, you know, an example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we have really crafted ourselves out of the depths of our imaginations yes. um, and things that we could not even imagine. And like, that's why I think, you know, being like a black queer person, black trans people, like we, like my God, you know, like. There is no roadmap. There is no. There roadmap. isn't. I didn't think about that till you just said mm-hmm. it. It's like you're just kind of winging it. We and, well, listen on a wing and a prayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A wing and a napkin, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that question. Yes. Yeah. We have another one here. I have to stand up. Okay. So just to piggyback on some of the things that you, I've I've heard tonight, um, I know John talks about you guys being the blueprint and walking into rooms that you know were not even created for you and making your own. Um, if you could project the next 10 years, your hopes, your wishes, as people who have set the foundation for a lot of black queer people in media, what would be those things that you're like, in 10 years, I would really like to see black queer media here? For me, in 10 years, I'd like to see diversity in storytelling. I know that may sound cliche, but we're still getting the same damn stories and told a very particular way. Um, and I'd also like to see more funding towards black queer creative, I mean, black queer creative media, because I mean, I've always had gripes when it comes to queer and trans media, because it's geared towards a very particular audience, which is typically white, cis, gay men. Doesn't matter what you do. If you're writing for a publication, broadcasting, it's all geared towards them. And so I would love more funding and in 10 years, more amplification, and like I said, diversity in storytelling, fresh perspectives, fresh voices. Um, and yeah, for me, that, that, is, that is my wildest dream for black queer media. Um, <clears throat> my hope is more education for us. Um, there's a lot of stories that can be told or are being told or attempting to be told, but they don't have the know-how or the resources or anything. So a stronger consortium of sorts uh, or a meaningful symposium. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of panels out there that do a lot of like talking, but there's not a lot of action behind it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so more practical things of that nature that can be turned into content that we could all enjoy and learn something about, you know? Um, you know, I want, in the 10 years, I want to be able to sit down somewhere. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. But, and, you know, but what I, what I mean by that is, you know, we 
all are engaged in this work of diversity, equity, inclusion. <laughs> Belonging is the new word. They throw a B in there now. I don't know if y'all heard about that. No. I didn't get, yeah, I didn't get that email. They throw a B in it now. And I was Belonging? like, why? Because you got to go to the next stage. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I be tired. You know? And, and so tired, so exhausted of, of doing the work, right? Which is not to take away anything from the work. The work is important, power to the people, etc. But I be tired and I can't wait to get till we get to a point to where, you know, either there are other people who can help share the mantle and give some of us who've been doing it a little break, you know, um, or, right, we're not fighting the same battles. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. We can choose either option, you know? <laughs> I'm open to that. But, you know, we we are having the same, um, for those who don't know, I'm, I'm super active with the National Association of Black Journalists. I'm on the uh, national board, blah, 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 blah. But, like, that organization was founded almost 50 years ago. And the issues that our 44 founders were talking about navigating in 75 are the exact same issues we're still navigating today. And that's sad. You know what I mean? It's reminiscent of, you know, the church building fund. Very that. Yeah. Fix the leaky roof. Keep tithing. Very that. And, and it, for, since 1975. Yeah. Because I like, keep tithing to that organization. And I'm tired of yeah. I'm, I'm and, and people are tired. Right, people are dying doing this work, trying to make this promised land that we all say we want come to life. Um, and it is I don't I don't want to give my life to the movement. That's fair. Mm. You know that's very fair. Uh, <laughs> this fist is tired, okay. <laughs> Like <laughs> I ain't marching for shit. Though. But you know what I mean. I just, I just, I just want to see movement and progress, yeah. and yeah. you know, and I do believe it's possible. You know, I want to be clear. I believe it's possible. Um, but my God, I'm tired. Yes. Mm -hmm. I would just like to go on record in saying Hilton Honors. If you would, <laughs> you can sponsor us at any time you'd like. We Come would on, love Hilton a vacation. <laughs> Hilton Honors. <laughs> we would love a vacation. All right. Any other questions, thoughts? Jimnika. Hey, y'all. Hey. 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 Okay, you know I'm going to ask this question. So how are you taking care of yourselves? You knew I was going to do it. I knew that was coming somewhere. <laughs> I guess I should start after I talked about being tired. Yeah. Um, I think one of the things that I am in process of learning and implementing um, is how to walk away. Um, and, you know, sometimes we just got to walk away and hope that whatever, whatever boulder that we were pushing up Hopefully somebody catch that bitch before it rolled all the way back to the bottom. You know what I mean? But like, you know, I think self-preservation is, is important. 
Um, because I want to be clear, while I am tired, I do recognize that there. I believe there is more work that I'm supposed to be doing and and seeing through. Um, but I'm not, I'm not gonna make it there if if I stay as hands on as involved right now. Yeah. So I'm gonna walk away, and I come back when the time is right for me to come back. Um, and getting comfortable with that and not seeing that as some sort of betrayal of what I believe my purpose is or some sort of, of, of you know, le- letting a boulder that I've been pushing up go down the hill. And, and I, I would love to not witness the regression that that invariably will cause. And yet, right, um, self-preservation is important as well. So walking away. For me, um, this year has been very strange, in the best way though. Um, Cause self care and self preservation looks different for me. It's, it changes every few years. And I know for, for whatever reason this year I've been, I've turned into a bit of a recluse. Um, I have not felt motivated to be as social as I normally am. And I don't know if it's, a reflection on like the last few years of my life, just wanting to protect myself and feeling so often not protected, um, particularly within the last few years. And so I know that for this year, I've, I've been listening to my body and my body's been telling me to stay home or to you know, keep things a bit more, I don't wanna say low key, but for context, I'll say low key. Like I, I'm not vulnerable with the internet anymore. Mm. Not that I ever really was for real, for real. But like this year, I'm like, no, I'm not posting. You know, the tweet. I'm not posting the Instagram caption. I don't feel that people are owed that from me. Even though I'm sure that my vulnerability would probably help someone that is now tasked for other people. Like you said, I'm not abandoning that work, but I have to listen to my body. And my body's just been telling me to like keep my cards close to my chest and, and to kind of stay to myself. And I don't know if that's healthy, but it's been working for me this year. Like I've been having a pretty good time and I've been, I've been focused in ways that, that feel pre-2020 for me, so. Char said, get somebody else to do it. <laughs> no, really, I mean, I'm still working and stuff. I'm just not nearly as social as I, I, get as I yeah. once was. I yeah. don't feel safe. And I don't mean in a yeah. physical way, I just mean in, in context. Yeah. I mean, things have happened where I'm looking over my shoulder, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm to myself for the I most know, part. that's right. Um, today, I, I woke up super early, like at six o'clock, because one of our editors needed something. And then I was just, from then on, I kept working. And then I had to take a nap before we came here, because otherwise this was not going to happen. <laughs> and I realized something that, um, Fran says a lot from the friend zone. She says, you know, what we do is not um, heart surgery. And I think about that often in this this sense of like, what I do is important, yes, but it is not immediate. It's not urgent there. I can turn off the computer, you know. Somebody can get a laugh from someplace else for a minute, you know. I can, if I don't heal and rest myself, then all of this shit is gone, so... You know, I, I make it a point now to just stop working at a certain hour. Um, I try really hard not to work in the bedroom anymore. <laughs> um, 
which is re was really really bad. Mm. Um, you know, small things that um, you know social workers on TikTok tell me to do. <laughs> I love the TikTok. I oh, I love TikTok. I'm a, I'm a part. I'm social work TikTok lemon talk. Yes. I love lemon clean talk. Clean talk. Laundry love talk. it. And that's the, how it's clean. Uh -huh. yeah. Shout out to the real hive. Yeah. I'm a real girl yeah. on I Instagram. I want to take a bite out of this myself mm -hmm. because I'm in I'm like in process of that. Like if if you if you had me on find my friends, you know I you know I never stay in the same place one time. Like I'm always around the world, truly bouncing back and forth, just bit bopping and shit. And I'm always like, like I'm trying to rest more. I'm trying to be settled more. So like really, like, like th this is my cry for help. So if you know, <laughs> please, please help me and tell me what to do. Um, be, be, be my TikTok, my clean talk, my therapy talk. Got you. Um, but I think one thing I think about a lot, like how much I love lounging now. Like I love being on my couch. We, my room and I just got, it's got like a fancy new green couch. It's so cute and like, like, uh, like velvety and shit. So I love on the couch. I really try, I travel a lot. And so when I'm traveling, I will tell myself like, if you're in a new city, like walk in that city, if, if, if you feel safe, obviously, because not all cities are safe. So if you feel safe, walk in that city, walk to a coffee shop, get some coffee. I'm trying to today, but before we got here, um, me, me and my, me and my uh, dear friend Kelsey, who's here. Uh, thank you Kelsey thank for being you. here and driving with me. Um, you know, like th at three o'clock, I just closed my laptop. I said, I'm not gonna work anymore. And my job probably was like, girl, where are you? And I was like, not here. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I pray my boss is not here this in this show. And they're like, girl, you was not working that day, but I wasn't, I don't owe you my life today. But so like, but so I, but I, I, I'm trying. So I, I want to be really honest, like hearing about self-care is really inspiring, but also hard because I'm somebody who feels something's demanded of them a lot. And I feel like I owe, I owe my, I owe, parts of myself to everybody around me to make them happy. And so I'm striving to recognize that their happiness is not in my hands and it doesn't have to be. Um, and that my happiness is in my hands and that also, like I actually have agency, I think I don't. I think I don't have agency because my computer, I think I don't have agency to take a walk, but I really do. Like, like at the end of the day, no one's, no, no one's like next to me saying, you can't do this. It's just me saying it to myself. So trying to also talk with, my, talk with myself more, saying, girl, you actually can go for a walk right now. You can get the coffee. You can turn up your computer. If your boss texts you, say, hey, girl, I'll text you back in 15 minutes. You can take a nap. I, I'm not a nap girl, but I realize I love naps. Like, I, I've, like I, I've been doing it more and more. It's like, see, I feel like if I nap, then I just fall asleep, and I won't go to sleep the rest of the night, but <laughs> yes. Anyway, so thank you for that question. I was just like, wanting to get by it myself, because I'm learning to be, have more care for myself, because I really, I won't say suck at it, but I'm not great at it. Like this whole week has been bus, bus, club, another club, no sleep, no sleep, no sleep, no sleep. Like, and I, and I want to shift that. So I thank you for, for having me, for like causing us to think about that more too. And if I can jump into, I think the biggest thing that has been my friend is saying no and meaning it. Like it's a full sentence. No, mm -hmm. like literally no with the full stop, right? Like, or if people, if people come to me and say, hey, I would love for you to do this. Okay, but have you thought about someone else who can do this or someone else you can bring in to help lift the burden? Because people are real good about placing burden. And I, I think being a part of me, I, and shout out to Lindsay, my therapist, she really has helped me understand that being a queer black person, a lot of that is work. You're so used to doing work. You're so used to doing other people's work. So you're so okay with doing lots of work. 
And, and, and really that's, that's a part of where some of our issues kind of start with, right? Caring for other people and being there for everyone. And so when you say no and you say, I'm going to take care of me, like today, I literally just said, I'm going to watch uh, Love is Blind up until it's time for me to come out here. And if stuff don't get done, it'll get done on Thursday. Period. Shout out to, to whoever needs what they need, but they're going to get it when they get it. <laughs> Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. 
if you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, yeah. Any other questions or thoughts? Oh, okay. Let me go ahead and tip, tip, tip on hardwood floors <laughs> over here. Yes. I just wanted to know what brings you all joy. And if you feel like it, what is that thing that brought you joy? I have an answer, but it's going to come off as a joke, and I don't intend it as a joke. Okay? Well, can we laugh? Yeah. You can laugh. Yeah. I was like, do we have permission but to sure, laugh? But sure, that was why I was like, but can we laugh? permission to laugh? You can laugh, okay? Um, but I, you, you asked the question, and the first thing that came to mind for me was chicken. Okay, so I thought about that too. Okay. <laughs> But I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. Okay. Chicken, fried chicken, to be specific. Ooh. It's about to get real black. Real Negroidian up in here. Real black. I'm so sorry. But for me, okay, for those who don't know, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, okay? Uh, We are cooking people. And for me, fried chicken particularly has... You know, a particular mem- particular memories associated with it, right? Of family, of comfort, of of joy, of spades, of Kool Aid. Mm. Mm. Right I had way. no Kool Aid in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I <laughs> and so, oh yes. Anyway, um, and so when when I everybody who knows me knows I love me some chicken. I will eat, I will make chicken wings seven days a week (laughs) if I could. The cholesterol. I don't know if y'all know, but Ralph's currently has a buy one, get one free (laughs) on chicken wings, and I did load up. (laughs) But my point is. You know, because that food in particular has that those particular type of associations for me, that's what I think of, right? When I'm thinking of, like, things that bring me joy, mm-hmm. it's, it's items such as fried chicken that bring people together, black people together in a very specific way um, that I think is often just, like, the freest that we often get to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I could go on, but I'll stop there. Big mama, your arm. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> what brings me joy currently um, is binge watching TV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds so stereotypical and Capricorny. Uh, but binge watching TV, catching up on TV, but also the possibility of tomorrow. And what I mean when I say that is ever so often I'm reminded that I could be feeling one way 
And then the next day, like, I don't know the email that's going to be waiting in my inbox. I don't know the phone call I'm going to get. And I know that that pendulum could swing either way because there's also a negative side that could come with that. But I never entertain that. I always look at, like, the good. I don't know. I like looking down at my phone and someone that I haven't heard from is, like, just checking in. It's like, oh, girl, I forgot all about, you know, like, reconnecting with people. Mm -hmm. So it's like the possibility of, of tomorrow and, like, just kind of cocooning. <laughs> no, that that does bring me genuine joy, you know. Um, I was gonna say chicken too, but I have like a legit answer. <laughs> it does. It brings. It's a healer. You Amen. Know? Um, I figured out a long time ago what my purpose was, and my purpose was to help people. And I realized through that finding my purpose was how I was going to find my own joy, and so. As much as I joke about work and I'm tired and blah, 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 but entertaining everybody, like, that brings me joy because I know I'm helping somebody, you know, through a laughter, through maybe something I may have said here or, or somewhere else on the internet or a tweet or something. I know that if I made somebody laugh, I've helped somebody that day. Mm -hmm. And that brings me joy a little bit, which is why I always say on our show, you know, at least 19% of your day should be spent with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. Joel, what brings you joy, love? Ooh, that's such a good question. Um, I really was thinking about this as y'all were speaking, like, what brings me joy? Um, I mean, one, one thing I think about, <laughs> this is silly, but, like, Joyful Joyful from Sister Act 2. I think, I, I think about it at least once a day and just sing it. Joyful, joyful. <laughs> like, I can't sing today, so don't ask me to, but, you know, if you know what, sing it to yourself. <laughs> and I would say, like, I think, like, truly much much like you Xavier like being around people and entertaining but like entertaining for a space to hear them a space to listen to others to just be with others like this moment and it sounds so corny I know but like this moment is so joyful to me like mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I, I see like friends like like friends that I love and new friends that I, I'm meeting or haven't met or friends that have row with me or like like my, like my, my brother is here that means so much to me to be like Oh, like, this is what brings me joy. Um, I think like being with being with people. I think being black brings me joy. Like I was thinking about the the like the earlier question. Uh, I forgot what the question was, but the answer I was thinking of was like for me, it's hard. It was hard to experience my blackness as a mixed person. I'm asking who was like solely on light skin, like to experience my blackness in, in a joyful way. And like being part of the show brings me joy. Like mm. I sit, I get to sit with John every week and talk my shit and talk to amazing people. Like, we have an amazing crew of people here. We talk to amazing people every fucking week, and that is so fucking cool. And just be our, like, best blackest selves and be our best black fat femme and black joyful selves. Like, seeing black joy, seeing black queer joy, um, seeing joy in my co-host, seeing joy in myself and the people that we work with, like, that all just brings me joy. I think, like, again, it's so cliche, but, like, being here, just, like, being here in this world and being present, that lie brings me joy because, the world is trying to kill me all the time. T. And it's trying to kill all of us all the time. So being here, knowing that you are here right now, like just looking at you in your face, like I'm overjoyed right now seeing you. Like I'm, I'm over here, I'm overjoyed hearing you talk about chicken. That makes me overjoyed, SL. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what brings me joy. But John, how about you? Woo, um, this is, <laughs> so part of, I'm gonna just be real, being able to pay my bills brings me a lot of joy. Yes, um, yes ma'am. Being able to make sure that, you know, me, my partner and my cat, are fed, you know, my, my cat eats good food now. Her, her food is expensive. Um, it really eats well. 
Um, but no, I, I, I say that. Um, I think being able to, I, I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna say this, I think there are a lot of people in this room who knew me when, and there are a lot of people who know me now, and a lot of people who knew me when my life was hell. When I woke up every day, literally in tears, um, when I was driving to work having panic attacks, when I was getting to work having panic attacks, when I was mm. leaving work with a panic attack. Mm. Um, and now I don't have that. Like, I get to wake up doing every, every day I get to do something I love, um, whether it be sending an email, chasing someone down for a freelance check, or, <laughs> or it be me following up with a deal that, you know, maybe someone dropped the ball on. But I, I just, I, the way I feel about my life these days, like I'll even say it too, like having people in the audience that I was able to bring along with me, like being able to say, this is, as much as this is mine, this is yours too. Like that's like joy, being, being able to just say, I'm creating my own reality and mm. being able to know that I'm helping other people create theirs. That's joy for me, but also too, chicken. Um, I'm not gonna lie, and I I will say I've I've said it. On, y'all are gonna y'all can drag me accordingly. Travel does it daily. Um, I love KFC. It's good. I don't care what nobody says. It's good. It's good. XD, back me up, please. XD, back me up. <laughs> Their chicken sandwiches. It's good. Yeah, KFC is good. I'm a, I'm a I fan like of the KFC. Their sandwiches are spicier than Popeyes. <laughs> okay, I live in the IE. We don't have a Harold or a Gus. So, like, I'm you ain't a, gonna hello. have no Harolds in the IE. You ain't gonna have no Harolds in. Well, there's one in Hollywood. Yeah. So, well, Jolly B is good too. Right? It's not the same. Yeah. Okay. But either way, <laughs> I just Rogers like to eat. Knows. I like to eat. All right, any last questions before we wrap stuff up? Over here, Already, we got here. one over there. Over I'm a tip. Y'all dragging me about liking chicken from KFC is rude. I love that shirt. I love that shirt you got. It's a cute shirt. I might, I'm a I might take a it after the show. Myself. Uh, thank you. Um, I'm a little nosy. It's October, so it's spooky season. <laughs> so I'm very curious to know what is the movie that you absolutely need to talk back to to help save the people because they be doing some dumb shit in those horror movies so what's the movie that you so scary movies scary movies or just any movie what's a movie you cannot stay silent during and you have to get involved oh it's so many wow i'm full-on regina in scary movie okay so but i was thinking scary movie one there's the one that i was talking with like where she has a camera, she's like, you want camera, you want candy camera. That's what I do the entire, the yeah. entire film. So Scary Movie 1, for sure, I will talk through the entire film. Um, I have, so I really quite enjoy The Blackening, and I have watched it quite a few times now. And I was just talk through it the entire time. Um, I talk through any horror film. Like, you cannot give me a shut up. Don't take me, don't take me to theaters with you, because I will talk the entire time. If it's funny, I'll talk through it. If it's sad, I'll talk through it. If it's horrified, I'll talk through it. Like any reason why I'll talk through it. So really just, I don't have one film. So don't go to the movies with your host. Or, or, or if you want good commentary, go with me. You yeah. give me good commentary. I give you a show glasses, with a show. Glasses maybe. half full. I'd love to Thank see. Thank you. Perspective shift. Yes, okay. perspective shift. Mm -hmm. So, so mine isn't necessarily a horror film. The first three that popped to mind where I'd be talking, talking, waiting to exhale. Mm -hmm. Diary of a Mad Black Woman, Charles. Right. Charles, <laughs> so good. 
Christina's gone. Um, <laughs> and uh, Sex in the City, the movie, the first, the first one, one, for sure. The first one, yes. Being left at the altar, I weep every time. I knew you would do but this. I do watch every spooky season. I do make a note to watch Hocus Pocus, the first one. Mm. I enjoy that. And Halloween Town, the first one. That's like mm. nostalgic. Okay. Yes. I love Debbie Reynolds. So, I don't like scary movies. <laughs> um, but I will say that A Nightmare Before Christmas is actually a Christmas movie and not a Halloween movie. Mm -mm. We all hail to the pumpkin song. But <laughs> um, what is scary and that I talk back to the most, it's not a horror film or show at all. Have you ever watched Being Mary Jane? Yeah. <laughs> I love Mary Jane Paul. Pauletta. Jump scare. Uh, yeah. What? Well, those earlier seasons, before Patrick Ian Polk took over. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> cut this out. Chris, cut this out. Seasons <laughs> <laughs> one through three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. No disrespect, but when she moved to New York, it got, and, you know. It I, did. It I was, did. The TV was watching me, is what Whitney Houston would say. Yeah. It did. Tonight I'm going to let a little TV watch me. You know, me. sometimes you got to be yeah. a little critical of the shows. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to the legend, though. Shout out to Mara Brockakiel. Yeah. Another yeah. legend. Yeah, another yeah. legend. I was just saying, there are just moments that were horrifying <laughs> when she exposed her friend at the funeral in front of um, Beyonce's ex stepdaddy. That was Lisa, yeah. Lisa and I have the same birthday, January second. Shut up. It's in the obituary. Lisa, and Lisa died on the show. Horrible, sh amazing, but horrible show. Jump scare every time. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. Good one. Um, I was going to say I too am not a spooky girl. Um, and but the the type of I'm not even following the directions. Um, I'm going to give you a TV show as well, um, and it's not going to be spooky. Um, I watch a lot of cooking shows, like Same. cooking competition shows. Mm -hmm. And so, like, you know, I be watching the shows, and I'm like, don't do that. You do, you're doing the wrong thing. You go, great British break off or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. Like, you put, you put too much baking soda in it. It's not going to work. You know? Um, you love it especially. So I talk back to that, and it, it gives me a lot of great it's quiet joy. chaos. It really that does. Show. Quiet chaos. I live. Y'all And y'all are looking at me. So I am a spooky girl. We just saw The Exorcist 2, and I will be seeing that again. Oh, no. Because it's great. Um, my favorite... Yeah, no, your face, but it was great. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Um, definitely looking forward to seeing The Nun 2. Um, can't wait to watch. We, we usually do, so the week of Halloween, we tend to like line up the films that we're going to watch. Insidious, all of the Insidiouses will always be the movies that I Acrimony. talk back to. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to think, is there anything else that's spooky that I enjoy? I just, I, lo I love... I, I am not the, I don't, the, the stabbing slasher stuff, that's not for me. Being black and being thought, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, do I don't you, need nobody do coming you, at me with a knife. Do you like the gore, like the no. saw? No, 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 Dig no, no. Dig under no. your eye to get the mm -mm, key to just, unlock That's the... him. No, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But I do love the, 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 the ghost and all of that. See, that's fun. I watch the news. That's scary enough. Okay. Yeah. Worst reality shade. show ever. Yes. My God. But anyway, that. yes, I'm very much that. All right. Well, I, I, I'm feeling the tap. Hello, I'm feeling the tap that we got to wrap things up. So I'm going to go ahead and give my spiel. Thank you, everybody, for coming out tonight. We specifically. Woo! Yes. 
We specifically want to say thank you to our executive producers, Bay Wang, as well as Becca Ramos, and the amazing executive producer, Anna Hosnia, for all that they do. Yes! And we want to shout out our amazing editor, Chris Rogers, who without them, there would be no show. Come on, twirl. Get your life, baby. Get your life. Thank you all for coming out. And as always, take care of yourself and each other. Bye. Bye. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.